I try to live my life day to day with intention and purpose and focusing on how I can grow, right? How can I learn something from this environment I'm in, this conversation I'm having, this experience that I'm experiencing? What can I take away from it that's of value for me and the intentions I set for my own life and what I want to improve upon? Now, I said that to a client not that long ago and she was like, why don't you do Instagram posts on that? And I'm like, because that's the end of that. <laughs> I, don't, I try to provide Instagram content that's more actionable. I mean, I guess this is actionable, right? But this is more of a sharing thing. I, this, is, this is how I stay connected to me. This is how I just feel alive every day. I hope that makes sense. I can't live mindlessly. I, I'm just incapable of doing that. Like I don't get up and just blindly go into my day and have experiences or have conversations and not be present and not pay attention to what I might be learning about myself in those interactions. Quite frankly, it, I know how people do it because I do this for a living, but I, I can't, I can't be happy if I live that way. I just can't because there's no larger purpose to everything, you know, and everybody's got their way of believing and kind of focusing on something bigger than themselves, right? You have really religious people who, you know, live for God or, you know, things like that. <laughs> I'm not going to, not going to get on the bad side of the religious folks out there and and really elaborate. It's just everybody's got a different focal point, right? And and some people's focal point is pretty surface oriented and it's more like I'm focusing on making money today, right? Which like I do to a degree, right? And I'm sure you do too. But there's something deeper connected to it for me. So anyway, with that little pre prelude, prelude, prelude. It's been a minute since I've done one of these. Prelude, I feel like makes me sound like a snobby uh, a heiress. I was watching, by the way, I'm way behind on this, but I was binge watching Reinventing Anna, that Anna Delvey story. If you haven't, If you haven't watched it or you have no idea what I'm talking about, do a little googly and then hit up Netflix and binge it. It's it's good. It's fascinating. It's interesting, at least in my humble opinion. Anyway, to my point and why I just started with all of that spiel about myself, it's because last week I had the honor and the humble privilege of babysitting none other than my nephew, Lucas. And... For those OG listeners out there, shout out to you. You've been around since babysitting with Amy, part one. <laughs> Which included me rapping to, I think it was salt and pepper, yeah, in that episode. 
Well, you just wait because this episode it probably is a little more insightful. I've matured over the last few months, you know, because I think I believe, right? It was only it was only a few months ago that I babysat him the first time alone, solo. This was very different. Like that was like an evening affair, you know, this was two days. I mean, technically like two half days. So put them together 24 hours. She doesn't math, but I'm pretty sure that makes sense. Uh, so just to give a little, a little understanding, like let me lay the land for you, okay, without giving too many details, but just so you understand why I, Auntie Amy, was needed to step in. So my brother's job, his hours are insane. Like he gets up at 4 a.m. and he's in cases, like in the operating room throughout the day. And, you know, those are scheduled, but he doesn't always find out the schedule until night before. And then they change frequently. Like doctors get pissed off. Really, I hear some insane stories. They cancel things. They keep them in the operating room for like, eight hours instead of two hours. And it's like a whole thing. Okay. So his schedule is chaotic. Typically, he leaves before, typically, he leaves before his son wakes up, Lucas. And he gets home around, you know, sometimes dinner time, sometimes bath time, but in hopefully, usually bedtime. So, you know, during the week, he gets, he gets a smaller amount of time with his son than, than my sister-in-law. My sister-in-law um, works from home, but has a full-time job, but she's the one who, you know, her hours are a little more regulated. So she is the one who wakes Lucas up and feeds Lucas breakfast and then takes Lucas to daycare. And then she works all day and then she picks him up from daycare, does the dinner, the whole nine yards, right? So like, She's the one that's there the majority of the time doing a lot of that due to the work schedules. Okay, so now that we've laid the land, my sister-in-law had to go out of town on business, which meant that Auntie Amy needed to step in because the hours in which my nephew needs to be woken up and fed breakfast and got, get dressed and taken to daycare needed somebody because my, my brother would be at work, and there's no way to change that schedule. And of course, you know, now that I live literally seven minutes away from them, I am so fucking happy to do these things. I mean, I was happy to do them when I lived over an hour away, and I made a point to, but now it's just so much more fun. And I obviously work for myself. So although it's a full-time job and I get to pick and choose the days that I see clients, clients are booked out months in advance. So these are not things that I can just do last minute. So I was asked well in advance and I cleared space in my schedule to be able to handle this responsibility, which mind you at the time, like just like being verbalized to me, I was like, oh, it's easy peasy. <laughs> Until it got a little closer, and then it was like the day before, and then I'm like, oh my god, there's there's a lot of responsibility here. To the extent that my 
very organized sister-in-law, bless her fucking heart, typed out a four-page outline of instructions like breakfast instructions, daycare pickup, daycare drop-off, bedtime, dinner, whatever, the whole nine yards, which was like amazing. But I don't know if you're anything like me, okay? I am a visual person. So luckily, I've been there multiple times like to pick him up after daycare with her. So I've seen the routine. I've seen the routine of like where the daycare is and like how this routine goes and what she does when they get home and how she prepares dinner and what the whole dinner process looks like for him and then whatever, whatever, whatever. I've bared witness and participated. So that I was pretty confident about. But she had instructions written out, which I, a visual learner, also find to be helpful. It's just like those are more of a backup for me. I don't know if you feel me on this. I am like just show kind of like, okay. I grew up, I danced the majority of my life, a competitive dancer, okay? Like all, all over the state of New Jersey and in other states, like we went to competitions. That was like my entire life. I always was able to just watch the instructor do the dance. And then, you know, it might take me a second, but I just need you to do it a few times and then I've got it. I don't necessarily need you to talk me through it, right? And that's like, I mean, that's how like you learn choreography. A lot of instructors like slow it down and talk you through it. I didn't always need that. I just needed to watch you do it at full speed a few times and then I could get it. So that's kind of like, do do we have time to my sister-in-law to just like, you know, I could just like be a fly on the wall or like video in your house how wake up goes and breakfast goes like I'm sure it's not that different than dinner time but I don't know about you when somebody's handing you your their child and they're in your care and now this child is older than when I once babysat him like he's a little more opinionated now even though he doesn't really speak he babbles he knows some words so part of this outline mind you I told you bless her fucking heart was a translation section. (laughs) You think I'm kidding. There was a full-blown translation section because this child, oh, I love him. He's so, mm, chef's kiss. He's so cute. And I know all these children are different. But my little Lucas, he like calls everything mama and dada, but in a different accent. I swear to God, he's like, a miniature male Anna Delvey. Again, if you don't know the reference, I'm so sorry, but this is the most recent reference in my head. Anna Delvey's accent on Netflix is the weirdest fucking accent I've ever heard. And like apparently, and I've had people tell me this, like Google how the actress like concocted that accent. I'm like, I don't really give a shit about her process. Hearing it is weird. As somebody who studied abroad in Germany, like it, it, it like sounded like a mixture of German and I, I worked for a Russian family, so I know a Russian accent. Like it was a combination of a bunch of them that didn't sound like anything. It sounded like a completely made up accent, which quite frankly, then I heard the real Anna Delvey's accent 
because I went down a rabbit hole scrolling her Instagram and listening to interviews. And I'm like, oh, it kind of, it, it actually sounds like that. It's like this mysterious fucking, that is like my nephew <laughs> has like a different tone to his voice when he says mama and it means something different, right? So like my brother is dada. And then he looks at the dog and he goes, dada. And you're like, same fucking thing. But no, no, I make jokes. I'm like, oh, Eric, that's my brother. Your dad and a dog? Like you're a dog? I mean, your kid is way ahead of his time. <laughs> same with mama. He says mama for my sister-in-law. And then he's got, you know, his little pacifiers. Everybody's got a different fucking name for a little, like, passy, whatever. Like, his are Lulu's, okay? But, but when he, but he doesn't call it a Lulu. You, as the adult, call it a Lulu. He references it as mama. Yeah, that's correct. Mama, mama. And you're just like, I mean, maybe he's like bilingual and I have no fucking idea. He's laughing at me. That's more than likely what's taking place here. He's laughing his ass off all the way to his proverbial bank, <laughs> wherever that might fucking be. Every time he like gets what he wants, when he says the same word for everything. Could you imagine as an adult if you just walked around and you had two words in your vocabulary and you were just able to point at things and like mumble them with different accents and you always got what you want? Like what a fucking life that would be. Okay, so we have the translation section of this outline, right? So I, Auntie Amy, am slightly nervous, but I'm like, I listen, I'm not nervous about like keeping a child alive, making sure I tend to his needs, he's gonna get the most attention ever and all of my presence. Like, none of that scares me. It's more like following direction, which is why I work for myself. I just need you to know that. Like, I follow direction extremely well, I do. Like, when I was actually working in fashion and, and I was told what to do, I do it to a T. Like, I am a great employee, but when it's, when it's a four-page document outlined with translations for you, it's a little intimidating. So it's not like I can't follow direction. It's more like I don't like to follow direction. Like, I don't even like to follow a recipe. I'd rather freeball the meal. And yes, I just said freeball in reference to cooking dinner for people because I would be the world's most awful chef. Don't ever put me in a professional kitchen. Could you imagine my lingo in the fucking kit? Like, I'm running the damn show and I'm just like, yo, we're freeballing it tonight. <laughs> All right, so... So to give you a little dose of like my mindset here, I am anxious, rightfully so, okay? But I'm like, you know, I've got this. I'm sure I've got this. It's just the first time, as we know, and if you've missed Babysitting with Amy, part one, I, I don't even know if it's labeled part one because who knew that there was going to be a part two after that? But there's a Babysitting with Amy, if you scroll back in the episodes. Who knew that like, I was going to be in this situation again and have to follow direction. You know what happened in the other episode in following direction. I did everything fucking backwards. And then I had to rap to this child to calm his ass down. Like, and, and 
you know, although I was appreciated, I still don't live that moment down. So I am like, oh my God, I am going to have to memorize all four pages of this. That just feels scary to me. And I am like thrown right into this job, right? So like my starting point for the babysitting adventure was pick him up from daycare and bring him home and then play with him, prepare his dinner. But you can pick him up at this time. This is the normal time I pick him up, but you could pick him up anytime you want. And I'm like, too much for this very literal individual flexibility in those instructions. Which time do you, just tell me, pick him up at five on the dot, right? Don't tell me, you can pick him up at this time, but you know, totally up to you. If that doesn't work, you can pick. Like, I get that mindset. I totally do. And mind you, no criticism coming at my sister-in-law at all. I'm just telling you my fucked up way of translating information. Like, Phil goes nuts all the time because I am literal. I've talked about this all the time with clients or even on past podcasts. I'm like, just tell me directly what you need. Don't leave wiggle room for interpretation. Somebody like me who's been through the shit I've been through does not want anything open to interpretation. So don't give me the range of you could come between this and this. No, 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 because I'm I'm not going to guess as to what time you actually want and then get it wrong and get punished. Like, that's my trauma, okay? Told you. Comes out in a lot of different ways. Just say five on the dot. I will be there five on the, matter of fact, I'll be there at 4.50 and I will sit in my car and twiddle my thumbs and wait. And then at 4.59 and 59 seconds, I will be closing my door and rearing to go. Like I am a prompt individual when you give me clear communication. (laughs) So this is how it started. It was like, My entire day, I think it was a Tuesday, my entire day was like one of those things where you know at 5 p.m. you have to do something. And so it's taking up space mentally and it's making it hard to get anything else done that day, anything else at all. Because you're just like, don't want to be late to that 5 p.m. thing. Need to leave at this time to get to the 5 p.m. thing. Should I study? the Word doc that was shared with me, so I'm prepared for the 5 p.m. thing, I couldn't focus. (laughs) And I'm not even babysitting yet. So cut to, I go, I get Lucas. Now the instructions are like, you know, very specific because like you don't go into the daycare and like it's got, there's this whole security thing and Thank God, but also like a little nerve wracking because like I know my sister-in-law is very thorough and she's very good. So I knew she handled it and like they had my ID and whatever. But I also, but the instructions was like, if you arrive and there's other parents there, then like you don't have to ring the bell. Just talk to the one, one of the teachers that's outside if the door is open and they're talking to other parents and let them know who you're there to pick up. And I'm like... Well, how am I going to know it's a teacher? Like, this is in my head. How am I going to know it's a teacher? They have no idea who I am and no idea. So I look like a stranger trying to steal a child, right? I look like I'm a creep 
sneaking in, being like, hi, I'm here to pick up, and I throw out a random name, and then they're going to look at me confused, and then it's going to be a whole thing. So I'm walking over, okay? I'm walking over, and I see this woman in front of me with a baby, with, with, with a kid, and I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Because when you go to the daycare, like, you push, if they're in a stroller, you, like, the whole stroller goes with them. You just push the whole damn thing in, okay? So when you pick them up, like, you're picking up the stroller, too. So I'm walking behind this woman, and, and I've got my fur nephew, Tank, because, you know, he's got to come, too. Because, like, I'm not just babysitting Lucas. I'm also on, you know, dog duty as well. Okay, so that's like, that's two responsibilities. And I'm just going to give you my insight on that in a, in a split second. I'm walking behind a woman who's walking with her child, like holding hands. And I'm like, I bet you're picking up your other child. But like, I'm in a city. They could be going anywhere, right? Like, there's no guaranteed thing to identify that they're going to the same exact place as me. But they're in the same direction. And I immediately assume And I was right, they were, but I'm like watching them in front of me and I'm like, okay, Tank, do you want to pee pee now? I start walking extra slow because the last thing I want to do is get there at the same time as someone else and end up in the fiasco that I have concocted in my head will occur if I am with another parent in front of that door. I want to be the only guardian in front of that door to ring the bell and, and be buzzed in to pick up my nephew so it's just clean and easy and there's no confusion because I'm like picturing the worst of the worst okay (laughs) I swear to god thank god my family doesn't listen to this podcast because if they did they'd be like oh my god Amy I didn't know you were so stressed out no no you don't know this you don't know you don't see this on my face when I do things you don't even see it in my body I am I am a pro we call her professional at just containing and, and handling her business. And then I process it all later with you on a podcast. So <laughs> so I'm slowing down. I'm like, and Tank is not the easiest dog to walk. Tank is all over the place. Tank wants to say hi to everybody. Tank like wants to pee on unnecessary things. And then when you need him to pee, he doesn't want to pee, which I pretty much is like every dog, except Dewey. Dewey was the best walker on a leash ever. I trained him really well. So he was also a country dog. Tank pees on like, you know, cardboard boxes and cement street corners. Like, I mean, he's rough and tumble and the sweetest little boy in the world. So, but I'm just like using him at this point. Like, slow down. Take your shit and take it slow because auntie doesn't want to be too early or too on time or, you know, bump into another parent. So you you already just get a glimpse into my future as like mommy Amy. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. So I like I see this woman and mind you, this is not a five second thing. Like these parents stand there for a a few minutes and then the child is like rolled out and then the teacher has a brief conversation with them and then they go on their merry way. So I'm like lingering at the end of the other block, watching and waiting and then hoping nobody steps in before I can get up there after this person leaves. Luckily, I was good. Okay, 
But I ring this bell. I know they have my ID. I know they know I'm picking this child up. Like they know his auntie is coming, the whole nine yards. I ring the bell and I don't know. There's probably a camera on me. I don't know where it is. So I just ring and step back like I've always watched my sister-in-law do. Okay. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And then I hear a voice on the thing and I'm like, this was not in the outline. <laughs> what? No, 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 no. I don't have a script for this. What do you mean? There's This was not in the outline. You didn't say somebody was going to talk to me through the intercom. I don't know how to talk back through the intercom. Have you ever lived in a city for the first time? I don't know how these, I don't even know how to buzz people into my building to visit me yet. Okay. Phil doesn't either. We're still trying to fucking figure that out. All right. So like, I'm just like, oh, there's a voice. God, is that you? What? What? What's going on? So I just like step forward towards the thing because they're like, who are you here to pick up? And I'm like, oh, Lucas. (laughs) And they're like, okay, one second. And they hang up. One second felt like 15 fucking minutes. It probably was two. Okay, because I have a warped sense of time, but it felt like 15. I felt like I was standing there forever. And this poor woman was parked on the street right behind me where I was standing. And she was like eating her McDonald's in the car. And I'm just like, oh my, I'm so sorry, lady. Like, I know what it feels like to double park your car and stuff your face with food. It's my favorite pastime. And I feel bad that I'm ruining it because I'm lingering outside your door, but I have nowhere to go because if I don't stand in front of this door when they bring my nephew out, I don't know what's going to happen. That wasn't worked in to the outline. And then of course, Tank is like pulling me towards this woman's vehicle. And then there's like random ice cream dumped on the ground and he's like yanking me over there and I'm just like dang Jake just sit still because if I move an inch this is not going to go the way we need it to go right now I just need a smooth transition just bring my nephew out hand him off to me don't question who I am I sound like a criminal but I'm there for legit re- like you have my ID but I still feel like a criminal for some reason and like I'm stealing a child when I'm not stealing a child this is my nephew and I'm supposed to be here that is how it felt in my head no lie so they bring him out and I'm trying to pull this whole chit chat routine that I see my sister-in-law do because I'm just like you people have seen me in passing before like she's introduced this is auntie Amy and so I'm doing the Oh, hi, baby. And I know if I go up an octave, like with Lucas, when I see him, if I go, hi, which I tend to want to do with dogs or babies. Okay. Just putting it out there. Just laying it all out for you here. You're just really getting to know Amy today. I go, hi. Lucas doesn't like it. And honestly, I can't fucking blame him. It's a little annoying. It's obnoxious of me to think that that is a friendly hello. Whenever I do that, this child just starts to scrunch his face and cry. So I have to like regulate myself when I see him and just like tone it down and be like, hi, baby. How are you? I talk I talk to children and dogs like they're adults, by the way. That is how I roll. It's how I've always rolled. So um, so I look at the teacher and I am like verbatim now just repeating what I always hear my sister-in-law say. How did he do today? I don't fucking know what they do in daycare. Like, 
I know he gets snacks and he has nap time and sometimes he shits himself. How did he do today could be an update that he shit himself. I don't fucking know what I'm looking for. I'm just trying to get this right. How did he do today? And she just smiles and nods at me. Good. And she's like ready to go. She's like, bitch, you don't matter. I don't need to talk. You don't pay me. You don't pay me. (laughs) So I'm just like, oh, that's good. Great. And then I'm trying to look after myself here and my own anxiety. So I casually go, okay, well, I'll be dropping him off tomorrow too. I think you guys have that noted in, in your system somewhere. I don't fucking know, right? And so she's just like smiling and nodding it. And I'm like, yeah, you have no fucking clue. Okay, Lucas, we're on our way. It's just you and me now. We're flying solo. The eagle has landed. She has picked up the child. And now we're free balling it, okay? I mean, with some glances at the four-page outline. So I get back. Now, mind you, my brother and sister-in-law... And I'm trying to paint an honest picture without making anyone sound like they're bougie, okay? And also not trying to give away too much information. But they live in a high-rise, and therefore they have a doorman. And I have, like, keys to their place, but I don't have, like, a key fob to, like, get in the elevator to get up. So I always have to get buzzed in. Luckily, I got buzzed in before I picked up Lucas, so I had a set of keys. So now... I'm acting like I fucking live here, and I've already made friends with the doorman. They know me. They're waving to me. They're treating me like I live here. And I'm like, okay, well, we've got the whole shtick going. Like, I'm straight up Anna Delvey right now, except I am not swindling people out of millions and billions of dollars. That is what's happening. I'm just, like, rolling around with a child in a stroller, acting like I'm I'm somebody I'm not. (laughs) So... I get going, and I swear, I'm looking at Lucas this entire time thinking, this child is so confused right now, so confused. But if we just stay even keeled, all things will go well. Because if I get in her, it's like, it's like an animal, right? If you spook, they spook. They sense your anxiety. So I'm looking at Lucas like he is a lion, and I'm just thinking, stay calm, Amy, stay calm, stay calm. Because if you, if you are dysregulated, at any point in time, this child is going to sense it. And we don't need tears, okay? We need fun. We need smiles. We need cuteness. So get home. We do the whole play thing. I'm like, I've done this before with my sister-in-law. So I'm like, I got this part. We're going to eat dinner. He is in a good mood. He is in a pleasant mood. We're having fun. We do the whole thing. My brother ends up getting home early so I get help with like bath time and bedtime but right before bath time my brother's like let's FaceTime mommy and I'm like oh great not thinking anything of this Lucas sees his mother on FaceTime and instant fucking tears this child just starts wailing because he's very much like he doesn't comprehend yet when you're out of sight like so it's just kind of like you're not there he like it's not that he forgets mommy it's just like he's fine with whoever he's in front of if he doesn't see or hear mommy but if he sees or hears mommy now it's like oh I need mommy I miss mommy right there's like that attachment so we nobody knew this was gonna happen 
he starts wailing and then she starts crying and my brother's like oh this was not a good idea he's like we gotta go he hangs up Lucas cries all the way through his bath time and I'm just like thank god daddy's here because you know if this was an Auntie Amy solo adventure that we FaceTimed mom, like, I would feel like a failure. But you know what? I am not the failure right now. <laughs> I, I am succeeding in my own head, and that is all that matters at this point. So I assist with the whole thing. And my brother is like, well, this sucks. Like, now we can't, you know, she misses him. We can't FaceTime her because he cries and now she's crying and it like becomes a whole thing and he's like but he's good if he doesn't see or hear her it's just hard so what she started to do was like pull up the 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 baby monitor on her phone because it's like linked to their phones and and just like spy on him and I'm just like cute but creepy like su- like get it I totally get it but also <laughs> like let's just like lay this out like that is the only way you can watch him right now, other than us sending you pictures and videos, which we were both doing. It's sad. I can't imagine. So so let me just like sidebar for a second, because I need to just give you my thoughts and like, how was this, like to loop back to the beginning of this episode, how was I connected to all of this? Because I know right now it just sounds like, oh, you babysat your nephew and like these were your observations. But no, this brought so much clarity for me. Like, obviously, I want children in the future, right? And I know, like, without a shadow of a doubt, I would be an amazing mother. I've mothered children that weren't mine. I've raised children myself. So, like, I know I'm an excellent mom. That There's not a shadow of a doubt. But, but what you don't know, because, like I said, I've mothered, I, I mothered my dog, which was like a child. Keep your judgment to yourself. I can hear it already. I know it's the voices in my head, but I'm going to blame it on you. I can hear it. But I've I've raised other people's children and there was an emotional attachment, but not, you know, like my emotional attachment to my dog is a different emotional attachment than like if you if it's your biological child kind of thing, right? I'm not weird. <laughs> We're you, you follow. Okay. So, and and the attachment that you have to some to children that aren't yours is again very different like there's the attachment there and the affection there and the love there but it's different it's different they're not yours right Dewey was mine but again different species he doesn't talk i talked for him which i made jokes about after he died like People were like, I was like, I miss him. And they were like, you do realize it was you having conversations with you for like, however, you know, the the length of his life. And I was like, yes. Yeah, thank you, asshole. Like, it was just, it was nice to play pretend. (laughs) And pretend I knew what he was thinking and feeling all the time and just like, you know, assign it to his face. I'm pretty sure I was spot on. I'm sure deceased Dewey would agree with me, right, baby? Right? Yeah, he's saying yeah, see? Um, so what I learned from this was, like, I, I, am, I have no idea what I'm fucking in for <laughs> when I, emotionally, when I want children. Like, I don't know this. I don't know this type of attachment or love or 
you know, longing or sadness. And and maybe I don't even yet have the right words, so pardon me if these are not the best descriptive words for it, but through observation of what I was seeing, I don't know that longing and sadness of like being at a distance from your child, seeing your child cry. I know it again from the angle of like, I missed my dog when I left him at home and felt so guilty and sad. And again, if you're the type of individual listening to this who's like, it's just a dog, you could shut me off right now. I'm not your people. I am a person who looks at an animal like it's a child or a human. I treat it like family. That is the type of individual I am. So if you're my people and that's how you like, or you could just get behind it and respect it, cool, stick around, okay? But you judgy folks, you can just go. There's no reason to listen to any more value from me if you're going to judge that aspect of me. That I take very seriously. We talk about my dead dog quite often, okay? So I know that feeling to a degree, but I don't know it through the angle of like, I had this child in my womb for nine months. I don't know what that fucking feels like, you know? I don't know. It's kind of like looking at my romantic relationship now like with Phil and comparing the emotions that I thought I was feeling in a healthy way a long time ago in the very abusive or toxic situations I was in. When I think back to those, I know my mindset at the time was like, I'm in love. But now that I know healthy love, I'm like, no, no, you weren't. No, you weren't. Right? So Although those experiences were real for me at the time, now it's very different when I look at it, right? So so anyway, so I, I realized that. I also realized, God, child care is hard to find, isn't it? Like, I didn't fucking realize. I don't think it was ever a thought process for me. I knew finding a babysitter for my dog was horrific, which is why, you know, part of the reason I kind of like stuck near my parents and like lived nearby close enough that I could like if I made plans to go to the beach for the day he would go to grandma and grandpa's because no way in fucking hell I was leaving my tiny little Pomeranian in an apartment by himself all day that child was spoiled he was walked every hour on the hour he always had fresh cold water like he always had interaction his entire life, like I shaped my entire world around him. And that's another thing I took away from this. Like your entire life shifts when you when you choose to have children. When because I mean, and I'm sure, yes, I know because I do this for a living again, that not everybody does that to a degree. And and then you end up in situations like with neglect and whatever. But I'm saying the people that are wanting to parent intentionally and not neglect your child, I'm not saying that your entire world is like you stop, drop, and like, you know, it's all about your kid. Because my brother and sister-in-law work full time. They have their social life. But like, yes, like the priorities shift. And although you have a social life, the social life looks different. You know, you have to get a babysitter. You have to trust that babysitter. You have to rely on that babysitter, which then makes me reflect back. I hope you're hearing all all the reflection that's happening here because I'm going to touch on it in a second. 
makes me reflect back to when I nannied and think, God, how fucking lucky were they that they could have somebody like me that they trusted infinitely to just care for those kids. That's not easy to find. Like, a lot of you listening know the struggle of just, like, trusting a friend or a partner or a family member. Imagine having to, like, I mean, if you don't have them around, having to, like, find a stranger and then suddenly trust them with, like, your most... I just was about to say prized possession, but that's what we'll go with. Prized possession, like your child or your dog for some of you. Woof. No pun intended. So I hope you're hearing this reflection because this is kind of the bigger picture that I'm trying to paint. And really the value of this episode is to like help you understand, like, not that you asked, but I'm sharing. This is how I live day to day. Like, I reflect on everything like this. This is not, this is me verbal processing and reflecting. So to some of you who judge it, you might be like, you're just like overanalyzing. No, I'm not. I'm making sense of it. I'm making it make sense to me. I'm making my life purposeful and intentional. I'm making every move, every conversation, every experience I have, have value. And if every interaction I have, good, bad, or indifferent, has value for me, if I took something away from it and I gained something from it, because even the negative, you gain something from it, then life becomes such a fulfilling thing to live. Okay, so back to my story. So we, so we get through the crying bath and like, you know, Lucas loves to read. I, he doesn't read you don't read to him either. Like, I don't use the words in the book, which no disrespect, but like for what it's worth, this this podcast is labeled comedy on some platforms. So we're just going to go there. I'm going to make a little joke, see, and you're going to deal with it. Um, no disrespect to children's authors. Being an author in general is not easy, but anyone could do that. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. That's my real thought. Those are authentic thoughts. Anyone, anyone, literally these books, these books, Where's Spot? One of his favorite books, Where's Spot? You fucking open it and it's like, Where's Spot? Like those are the words. That is the words of the book, Where's Spot? And then you flap open a door. Like it's all illustration. That is what a children's book is in, is called. They have Jimmy Fallon's books, if this podcast was big and got the attention of anybody. Um, it does, but you know what I mean? It was much bigger than I would get shat on for this comment. Jimmy Fallon's got like children's books. Google it. They suck. Okay, that's all. That's all I'm going to say. They suck. Okay? They suck. The stupidest shit I've ever read. And I am the auntie that opens these books. And I'm like, I start reading. And I I read them as if they're supposed to rhyme. And when I end up in a book that doesn't rhyme, I am baffled. And, and so I read this thing as if it's just like this run-on sentence. Like, I don't know how to read these books. It's also meaningless to read them to a child who truly only understands a few things I'm saying and only just wants like, you know, the sensory aspect of it. He wants to like flap open the door to find the dog. 
And he wants to, like, use the ones that, like, have different surfaces that you can touch. Like, some of them have, like, fur, you know, and you can, like, pet it, and then you just turn the page. Those are my favorite books. Like, just give me the books where it's, like, peekaboo, 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 which I was thinking about the the last time I was there, and and we were reading him a, a book like that where it was, like, where is this? Where is this? I was thinking... Why are we perpetuating, like, anxiety of, like, losing something to these babies? Did anyone think about that? Like, why do we like peekaboo so much? Because if you really psychoanalyze peekaboo for a hot second, like, hide and seek, okay? For someone like me with trauma, I don't need no hide and seek. Like, don't hide. We have a fairly large home, Phil and I, like, for a city. Like, three bedroom is big around here okay and like there's a lofted area where our bedroom is so there's no actual walls or doors like they don't go all the way to the ceiling and there's this like spiral staircase that goes up there and he's able to walk around this home while I'm laying in bed and I have no fucking idea where he is and don't get any weird fucking creepy ideas but like he's able to move around it and like spook me jokingly and I don't like it I don't like it all or like pop his head over the like lofted area while I'm downstairs or like sometimes he just likes to throw his t-shirts at me from above when I don't know he's up there like he thinks it's the funniest thing ever and I'm thinking wow y'all never had a an acute stress response huh because like if I was a child right now with like this type of nervous system hide and seek is like my worst fucking nightmare don't hide I don't want to seek you no just like stand in an open field and let me know you're fucking present I don't want to seek you out I don't want to do any of that why do we do this with children I'm curious why that is fun for them like peekaboo mind you I do it with my nephew often but it was only recently that I started to think to myself what is this? Like, what is it about it that's so fucking fascinating to him? Like, the peekaboo. I don't think it's the actual game. I think it's the sound effects and the movement of my hands. Because, like, I could be like, you shit yourself today. And, like, I could say anything and just, like, pop around the furniture. And, like, I'm sure he would giggle at that as well. So we got through bedtime stories, which is, like, one book is never enough. So... You know, he just like he points at the shelf and like mumbles and you have to guess which book. And and this child is so fucking particular about the books he wants, even though he's not reading them. He's like, "Mm, mm, mm." and you're like, I don't fucking know. It's like three shelves of books. So you're just like this one and you pull one out and he swats at it if it's the wrong book. And you're like, "Okay, I'll fuck myself. Thank you this one and he's like "Mm," and swats it and you're like okay I'll fuck myself again no problem which fucking book do you want child because all you're gonna do is look at it and peel the thing off the thing find the lost dog or whatever it is and then that's it like it's not that serious so anyway end of day one get him in bed my brother and I kick it I'm sleeping over because I'm like I gotta get up with this child in the morning and get him ready for daycare and the whole thing it's just easier than driving back and forth and trying to find city parking so I slept over on the couch my brother and I hung out we watched uh that new um movie on Netflix Hustle with Adam Sandler so good highly recommend love an Adam Sandler movie 
thought it was excellent. So definitely worth watching. It's all about basketball. Um, But, you know, as I like to live my life, there's major depth and lessons in that in that movie. If I can't pull something out like that from a movie, I don't, I'm not into it. I'm not into it at all. So this was really good. Again, highly recommend. So the next morning, my, now my brother, like I said, is like up at like 4 a.m. sometimes, 5 a.m., whatever. And like he usually beats everybody out of bed and like is making his, you know, espresso. Which did I ever tell you the story that when we were in Mexico, I kept saying espresso wrong <laughs> and Phil couldn't get over it. I called it espresso. And I was like, oh, you're getting another espresso? And he's like, I am espresso. And I was like, yeah, same thing. And he's like, no, <laughs> not the same thing. <laughs> and I'm like, isn't it like a very strong fucking like shot of coffee that's going to like work really quick? And he's like, yeah. And I go, express, right? Like that's what express me. Espresso makes sense to me. It's an espresso. And he's just like, this is just one of those things that I'm just going to have to love and adore about you because it's part of your charm. And I'm like, it is. You should listen to my podcast. That is probably the only reason a lot of you still stick around is for my misuse of the English language. So, <laughs> so He's, my brother is usually beating everybody awake. Well, not my ass. No, 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 no. I win at all things. I woke up before everybody. I'm wide awake. I'm already crafting Instagram posts in real time, doing my work, cuddling with the dog, thinking about how am I going to pack this lunch because there are color-coded containers and there are specific food groups that you put in different colors and it's like you, and you get choices. So it's like sweet potatoes or zucchini or whatever and so I'm thinking about all of this and I'm wide awake and my brother gets up and he's like damn how long have you been up and I'm like oh for a good 90 minutes now I've already accomplished like an hour's worth of work and an hour's worth of worry about packing your child's lunch and I'm like which by the way I should probably do now before he's awake huh because like that would be more efficient and he's like go you do whatever you gotta do he's like this sounds super efficient to me and I'm like great so I packed this child's whole lunch and this is all before like 6 30 in the morning pack his whole lunch get myself together get myself and all I'm thinking in this process is like I'm a fucking pro at this now I don't have to do this every day but I am a responsible motherfucker and I am efficient as fuck like I get things done quickly. So this is, this is easy. I'm thinking, no disrespect, moms out there, please don't come and crucify me. But that's what I'm thinking. Like, I've got this down. And really, that's just me reflecting and reassuring myself that I would be a good mom, you know? So don't come at me. Humor me here. Now, my brother's moving slow this morning, and I know what time he's got to leave, and I'm looking at the clock, and he hasn't left yet, and I'm like, oh my god. Now, I am so responsible, and I'm also like, I was so used to when I lived at my parents a long time ago, I was the one who was like, did you remember this? Did you remember this? Before you walk out the door, like, I'm that person. I'm the one who's so responsible that I'm like, wait, let's go down the checklist, because I don't forget shit, okay? Okay. So I'm like watching the clock and I'm thinking, 
oh God, like, I know this is not my responsibility and he's a grown ass man and like, I don't live here and I don't do any of this, but I jump into that role very easily. So I'm immediately like knocking on his door, like, Eric, I thought you had to leave. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm just moving slow. I'm going to be late this morning, whatever. And I'm like, okay, then all I'm thinking is like, this is throwing a wrench in the works because I have to wake up this child I have to wake up the shed. This is like a complete fucking stranger walking into a child's nursery, waking them up, and it's not their mom or dad. Like, I'm thinking for this child now going, oh, my God, like, he knows me. He knows I'm auntie. But also, he's probably going to be scared and, like, curious and wondering where the fuck is mom and dad, you know? So I'm nervous about this. Like, I don't want him to be screaming and crying all morning, not because I can't handle it, but because you know, I don't like loud noises. So, (laughs) so I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay. And he's like, it's okay. He's like, when you see him start to like stand up in the crib, that's when you can like go in. So, you know, I'm waiting, I'm watching his monitor. I see him like tossing around and this child, this child, I make jokes. He's, he goes to bed with two Lulus, his little pacifiers. Okay. I swear, I call them his emotional coping tools. (laughs) I think it's funny. I don't know if my brother and sister-in-law find it funny. They just like think it's cute that he does it. But I'm like, no, no, no. I'm pretty fucking positive these are his coping tools right now. But, you know, I mean, a pacifier is, hands down. But the way he uses them is so unique, okay? Let me just break this down. So like before bedtime, when you're reading him a book, he sits there and, and he needs to. He needs to because he because he goes into the crib and one lays down in the crib and the other goes in his mouth. And during the night, if the one falls out, he grabs the other and puts it in when he realizes it. Yeah. Fucking skilled, right? Okay. So when he's sitting there and you're reading him the books, he's got two and he's got one in his mouth. And every time you turn the page of the book, he flip flops his Lulu's. So he takes one out and he puts the other one in. And then you turn the page again and he takes one out and puts it in. And I like, I watched this. And this is like new-ish. But I watched this and I'm like, this is so crazy to me. Like it's cool to watch, but it's also like so unique and so interesting. And like definitely like a coping tool of sorts. So when, when he's laying around in the crib and you're watching him on the monitor... I watch him roll around and he's grabbing one and and then flipping them, right? So he's taking one out of his mouth and he's reaching in the crib and grabbing the other and putting it in. And I'm just like laughing my ass off. Like, wow, you just like, you're like me. Like, I am like a grown ass woman adult who could sit in a room by herself and completely entertain myself with like nothing but like a clothespin. Like, that is... That is who I am. You just like hang out. I don't know. Is this only child syndrome? Like you hang out in your crib and you are completely content and entertained with two Lulus, just like flip flopping them in your mouth. Like it's just like the funniest thing to me ever. So I go in. I like I see him. He's moving. He's rolling. And then he's like getting up on his knees. And then before you know it, he's on his feet. And I'm like, oh, show's on. Game time. So I like I start to crack the door and I walk in and I'm thinking, keep the fucking tone of your voice down. Don't do the hi thing. Dude, don't do it, Amy. Don't do it. So I like I creep in 
and I start to open the door and I see him look because like usually it's mom. So he looks at me and there's no expression on his face. And I'm just like, thank God you've got two Lulus and not one because I would be fucked right now. I walk over and I'm like, good morning, Lucas. And I and he reaches for me. So I'm like, okay, she's in. She's good. We're locked and loaded. Like we are friendly. We are good people. I'm safe. So I pick him up and they told me the first thing you do is you open the shades and you say good morning to the French lady. Now, I know what you're wondering. Who the fuck is the French lady? The Statue of Liberty, people. That is what we refer to her as. You can see her from their window. And so you open the shade and you look out and you point at the Statue of Liberty and you say, say good morning to the French lady. And he points at her. And he mumbles some shit with the Lulu in his mouth. And you're like, okay. And we're moving on. (laughs) So we made it through saying hello to the French lady. And then, you know, now it's time to like take his sleep sack off and like change his diaper and pick out his clothes for daycare that day. And luckily I already got the lunch packed. So it's just like now I just got to worry about him. And so I'm in the middle of like changing his diaper and then my brother walks in and I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Because all I'm thinking is like, you know, I know what happened when we called her. And so if you pop in and then you leave again, is that going to fuck him up too? And is he going to like cry about that? Well, there's a lot of fucks in this episode. I apologize, but I'm just, like I said, we're freeballing it. I have not watched my language this episode. I'm sorry, but not really. I... Slightly sorry. A little bit sorry. A tiny bit sorry. So I, you know, my brother says hello to him. And then, you know, he starts to cry a little. My brother's like, I really got to go. And I'm like, it's okay. I got him go. I got him go. So I'm like handing him like multiple Lulus because I'm just like, here, take five. It's fine. We'll just cope with five now. Just don't cry on the changing table. We made it through. I picked out his outfit, which I'll tell you what. That's probably the hardest thing I had to do. Because I, like, I see how they dress him. He always looks cool. He looks cooler than me. So I'm like, okay. Part, one part of this outline had a details about what drawer all of his clothes were in. And I'm like... All right, okay. I could find everything okay except the right pair of socks. She specified, don't put these particular brand of socks on him. They're too thick for his, like, Vans shoes or whatever. Well, I can't find the fucking matching Vans socks. And I'm like, he's got to be matchy-matchy because, like, that's what you guys do. And he always looks so cute. And, like, everybody's going to know. Like, if Lucas shows up looking mix-matched this day, they're going to be like, auntie doesn't know how to dress him. And I can't have that attached to my reputation. I worked in fashion. He's got to look cool. So I'm like, okay. So anyway, I pick him out what I think is like a cute outfit. And then I'm thinking what I think when I get dressed and haven't gone outside. God, I hope I got the fucking weather prediction right. Like I don't, I don't know a baby's body temperature, but like my brother said, it's supposed to be warm today. And he said, maybe put on shorts, but I'm like, what if there's a cool chill? Like, I don't know where his little jackets are. I don't think that was on the outline. I don't know. I don't want him to overheat either. Like, worrying about somebody else's body temperature, that's a whole different ballgame that I have not played yet. I got him dressed. 
We played all morning. And again, I had a range of like, usually I leave at this time to drop him off, but you could do whatever works best for you. And I'm like, but I, what if I show up too late? What if what's best for me is too late for the daycare? Like, I don't know the rules of the daycare. I don't know what they do at the daycare. What if I drop him off late and Lucas misses like snack time number one? Then he misses like the orange container with his sweet potatoes that I gently packed that morning and picked out because I know he likes them. I don't want to fuck that up. So I'm just like, well, you leave at this time. I guess I'm leaving exactly at that time too. So same deal walking over there. Okay, I am seeing somebody else approach with a stroller. And I'm like, I'll be a motherfucker. So I slow down significantly. I'm on the block. They're like 20 steps ahead of me. And I'm like, we are going to get there about at the same time if I keep walking at this speed. So I stop. And again, I've got Tank with me. So I'm like, here you are. You're my excuse. Pee, poop, do something. He didn't want to do anything. I'm like, come on, dude. You've slept all night. You didn't take your morning pee yet. Pee. I need to waste some time here. And I need to not look creepy. Because I don't want to approach at the same time as another child. And then everything's confusing again. So I hung out and lingered until I saw this woman in front of me with a stroller eventually get there and then make her way away. And then I showed up shortly thereafter. And I met like, the person who owns the daycare who who knew exactly who I was who was very nice and she like looked at Lucas and was like did you have fun with auntie and I'm like oh relief people don't realize how refreshing it is to just like be acknowledged you know to just like and acknowledgement looks very different in different contexts but in this case it was just like oh you know who I am you know you know the situation, like I'm reassured. I'm I'm comforted in knowing that you know that because I feel like then I don't have to over explain to someone or whatever. So then I got him off to daycare and I was like, have a good day. And I went and took a little stroll with Tank and, and I concluded my babysitting adventure. That was it, that was the extent of it because then his grandma stepped in later that day and had him for a couple days herself. So I was only needed for, you know, those about 24 hours. But what a ride. What a ride. And like on top of what I reflected on earlier, what I what I learned was like not only that I am like more than capable of when the time comes of being able to manage these responsibilities, but it's going to be a whole different life. And here's the clincher. The amount of output that being a parent, because I'm not going to just say a mother, being a parent takes is extraordinary. When you're a, when you, whether you're a full-time parent or you're like a full-time, you know, working parent, it's a lot of fucking out. It's a different ball game. It's very different than not having children and like even like I'll speak on behalf of myself right the career that I've built for myself the business that I have is a lot of output just me solo here a lot of output the amount of work I do the amount of people I talk to the amount of energy that has to go into the work I do and provide you just 
on social media alone. That's one full-time job in and of itself. On top of that, then seeing clients is like another full job. So it's almost like I have four full-time jobs combined to make my one profession. That's a shit ton of output, mental and emotional and physical output. Like in order to create and articulate a lot of the things I talk about, I have to constantly do inner work on myself. So it's like if I'm off, if I'm struggling, if I've got things going on, if I'm just having a bad day, if I'm sick, it's hard to do my job. Add in a child, that's like, whew, I don't know how that's going to work. Now, I'm clearly not going anywhere and I'm not having a child anytime soon. But my point in saying this is like, thank God for an experience like that because it allowed me to step back and be like, I'm going to have to make a significant adjustments when that time in my life comes. Because I'm not going to have the bandwidth to be able to do the work that I do now to this capacity this way, right? This particular way, while also providing my future child the amount of time and attention and affection that I want to provide them. Because, you know, I I know what I want to do as a parent. And so I have to just like end this episode with like, some major, major, major acknowledgement and props to parents out there, even the bad ones, okay? Even the ones that have caused you harm. It is it is a hard, hard job to take care of yourself single-handedly. To then add in being, being a parent and, and minding your child's needs that takes a lot. So to be a good parent, right? A safe parent, a supportive parent means that you've really got to get it to a place with yourself and the people in your life now where you've got a balance and it's healthy and it's supportive in the environments that you frequent. Because if those are off, when you bring a child into this world, it really falls to an imbalance that is hard to bring back up and balance out. And I I, I say, like, I really, really, I compliment my brother and sister-in-law often, and, and those compliments don't come lightly. I pay attention. I'm around them a lot. I see what they do. I see how much they work and how much attention and affection and 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 just, like, the time that they give to Lucas I really, really give them a lot of credit for how they manage their their energy and their time and their responsibilities because if you're mismanaging that, it's very easy to, to, to have something end up neglected. And whether that something is your career that you really value, right? Like that's why people say you can have it all, just not at the same time. That has never made more sense to me than right now because what I've come to learn is like, because that used to scare me when people said it. I was like, how dare you limit me? What do you? But I get it. You can have it all. It's just not at the same time because some things have to take a little bit more of a back seat when other things step forward. So when the time comes that I'm like, I, I'm ready for children and we've planned this out and we're prepared for it, I am going to have to make 
some significant adjustments so that the way that I parent, you know, extends to my child enough bandwidth that I'm going, that I feel is going to be supportive to them and reassuring and validating and loving. And, you know, I want to give an ample amount of presence to them. I want to be really hands-on with them, but I want to work. I want both. I just know that like this offers me a little more clarity and insight into like, okay, we're going to have to maybe make some adjustments in a way where I'm less hands-on for a period of time. And that's okay with me because I'm incredibly hands-on in all ways right now, right? Everything. I, I manage all of my social media myself. Every post is written in real time. Like every graphic, I mean... Not that mine are like fancy schmancy over there, but like every video, like that's time consuming. I could spend an entire day just coming up with topics to create online content, which like, you know, that's not going to be the time that I maybe have in the future. So I'm going to have to figure out a balance, which I think is an incredibly valuable lesson to pull away from just 24 hours of babysitting. Like, you see that? I think that's the coolest shit ever. Like, if you're, I'm sorry, no judgment, but if you're not living that way, if you're not having, like, these basic experiences and pulling out so much fucking wisdom from them, what are you doing? How do you live, how do you live not being connected to everything you're doing? How are you living not being present and, and, and paying attention to how something is aligned with something that you want in the future or something you're working towards right now or something you're working through right now. I gain so much from everything. And I think if you take away anything from this episode, I hope that it's that, that there is value in every single conversation, every single every single environment you enter into, Every single email you send, every single phone call you have, every single stranger you bump into, every single interaction in your day, there's something there for you. And it makes life so much more vibrant and exciting and joyous and connected and aligned and fulfilling and fun when you have that with your focus. Because when you don't, and and I'll speak like for myself again, I feel incredibly disconnected from everything I'm doing. It's just a conversation. You know, there's no value in that exchange in my head. It's just another email. It just, everything starts to feel like a chore when you're not connected to it. And when I'm not connected and aligned, like if what I'm doing doesn't make sense to me, if I didn't sit down and process and reflect and make it make sense to me, like how did this help me? How did this provide me something good or bad or interesting? Like, then then I get really frustrated and really sad and I can spiral down really quickly to feeling, you know, lonely and and depressed and like like worthless because I'm disconnected from my life. So... I know you probably didn't think an episode about babysitting Lucas would turn into such an insightful little thing, but that is my genuine and authentic experience, and hopefully you laughed a little in between. Until next week, we'll chat soon.